Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. We are here again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. I could not be more excited to be here today in Bangalore, India, with my dear, dear friend, Troy Swanson. Troy, you want to say hi to everybody? Hello, <laughs> Heather. It is amazing to be on your podcast and to be a maven here with you in Bangalore. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, everyone, uh, trip of a lifetime for sure uh, for me and uh, Troy and I have known each other a very long time. Uh, we worked together at Microsoft. Uh, many of you on the, the who know SharePoint, uh, we worked together on a roadshow, the first roadshow in Europe. And your company sponsored the coffee carts. Yes. <laughs> that was, wow, 15 years ago or so, no? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we ended up doing five cities. And uh, he had said, hey, you know, I live in Madrid. When you come to Madrid, which was the last city, um, come and I'll give you and your friends and uh, colleagues a tour. And I said, great. And so uh, we met and said, I said, okay, so where are you from? I know you're American. Where are you from? And yeah. And... <laughs> My answer is I'm from Chicago, and her answer was, I'm also from Chicago. And I go, well, from a smaller town outside, western suburb called Wheaton. And she's like, I'm from Wheaton. And then she's like, I went to Wheaton Central High School. I'm like, I went to Wheaton Central High School. And we went, oh, my goodness. Wow. And realized that uh, I was a senior when he was a junior. And uh, we had actually gone to high school together, sort of run in the similar crowds. But, yeah. And had that moment of aha and uh, friends ever since so yeah. and so everyone so Troy goodness I, there's so many types of maven you are in my book um, you know with the work that you've been doing um, in India uh, with the Alphabet Club and also just transformational experiences and everything and I'd love for you to tell our listeners um, talk, talk about ABC and how that got started if you would yes so I'm an accidental philanthropist <laughs> and uh, 13 years ago, I was in Amsterdam. I was working at Microsoft, and I wanted to meet people. And I looked online. This is BF, before Facebook. And I'm like, who is throwing meetups or gathering nights for expats? And I didn't find anyone that was. And I just kind of decided I will throw a gathering on a Wednesday night, January in 2006. And 30 people came. And then a month later, we did it again. And 40 people came. And a month later... 50 people came and this thing got kind of big and it started to move a lot of money. Um, the bars were making a ton of money and uh, we were wanting to host events on weekends and we were being asked for security deposits. And it was amazing for me because I not only did I get to meet people in Amsterdam, but I also got to connect people, uh, people that were from the same country or worked in the same types of industries. So for me, these nights were really exceptional um, for various reasons. And it got to the point where we, it became so popular and we, we, we began to, it began to raise so much funds for other organizations that we just decided, hey, listen, do you have enough charity in your life? Do you have enough impact in your life? No. Do you have enough impact in your life? No. I don't have enough impact in my life. So let's, let's change this into a nonprofit, an NGO. Let's start charging people at the door to come, whatever they would be paying to go to the place next door. Let's get our friends to come and DJ at a discount and photographer friends to come and shoot photos at a discount and let's have great nights of connection and 
At the end of the night, we're going to have a little bit of a profit. And let's build educational infrastructure, schools and libraries. Let's build projects that uh, massively impact lives. And we gave it the name The Alphabet Club. And a lot of people think it's because we do schools. And it's been 13 years. It's been 170 connection events in Amsterdam, in Madrid, in India, in the United States. Uh, however, the concept of The Alphabet Club is based on the belief that it doesn't matter where you go. What matters is who you're with. You can go anywhere. You can make it amazing if you go with great people. So pick a place in the center of your city. It can be a bad place or a great place. And you can do it on a Tuesday night. Dive bar it can or be a, a fancy bad. hotel. Yes, or <laughs> museums. I, mean, I think we've done it in all different yeah. bowling alleys. Right. Um, that place starts with the letter A. Yeah. And then a month later, pick another place that starts with the letter B. Yeah. So get to know your city through the alphabet. And that's kind of the journey of how... I hosted one event to now we've been 130 volunteers. We're a volunteer organization. I'm a volunteer as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we funded 11 schools in five countries. We've funded six schools in India, uh, five of them in Bangalore in the south. Last year we funded a new school in Haiti and we funded a new school in Nepal. So that's a bit of the mix of the right. events that we host to connect people, but then the kind of the impact that we have. And then Heather's so excited that you could be here yes. uh, for a few days and visit some of the projects and meet the partners and meet the beneficiaries, the children, the schools, go to the slums and, and visit some of those communities and kind of get a deep dive over the course of a few days of what we're doing and what our partners are doing and the ABC volunteers and donors and really amazing to have you understand yeah. all this now a bunch yeah. more than before. Well, we've been talking about me coming to visit you in India for many years now and it finally worked out and yeah I, everyone I mean we were sitting in this uh, really lovely hotel in the middle of Bangalore uh, in India and we uh, went around with um, a bunch of other volunteers and friends uh, in a coach and went and visited schools and uh, after school projects and libraries and the slums and you know what what really has impacted so much, I, I, I'm going to unpack this for, I, I know, for a long while, but um, really getting an understanding. Like, I've always known what you've done with Alphabet Club, and I think way back in the U.S., we did, you know, an event in San Francisco, and I've been to things in Amsterdam and Madrid, and when I, when I couldn't, traveling around, but really getting an understanding of the educational system in India, it, it's it's... Education anywhere is sometimes hard to understand about who gets funded and how it gets funded and where things are going. And so really looking at, you know, what the difference is between a school that's run by the government, a government school, versus, you know, the bridge program, which you have, and then f schools that have the more sort of a private funding and, and really kind of getting uh, an ecosystem layout has been really interesting. And also then understanding, and what's really great, everybody, about the work that Troy's been doing too is that I can see him as this, you're, you're the glue in a lot of the ways of getting people together who may not have been together or just jumping in into the ecosystem and connecting people in a way that maybe they didn't have a connection before. And that to me was such an exciting piece of this. We explain a little bit about sort of government bridge, some of that stuff so yeah. people understand. So we started funding new schools in 2009 through some of the leading NGOs or nonprofits on the planet yes. that do this at scale. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I came to India and I met uh, 
an amazing organization that was funding schools for children that live in slums. And that moment was transformational for me and, and my organization for many, many, many levels because when you engage with what we call implementation partners in the field, partners that are implementing programs in, let's say, developing countries, they will typically ask you for funds right. and they do need funds. And we have funds. We were throwing events and we had other CSR programs and other organizations and individuals giving us funds. So we give them funds, but what I realized is the value that, that we can bring to them is much greater than just the money. It's helping them in areas, you know, they'll be super strong in certain areas like recruiting teachers or relationships with families or education, for example, but they might not have any idea on marketing or on fundraising or on videos or on storytelling. Yep. And especially what I realized was on the, on, on the partner ecosystem. So for me, uh, with my background at Microsoft and other tech companies working in alliances and partnerships, it just became evident to me that I would meet a lot of nonprofits, especially when you show up in a foreign country as a funding partner. Everyone wants to meet with you, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd meet all these different partners that were doing exceptional things, but they were very siloed. Right. So they were very much doing it in a bubble and they were doing great things. And then I would come in and be like, well, actually, we want to fund your project, but you got to realize there's five other, let's just say the case of India, amazing Indian nonprofits that are that can help these kids and they can help you and they can take up, you know, English teacher training or they do uniforms or they do deworming tablets or they do other levels of goodness that the focus is sustainability and impact for these children and their families. So we would fund a certain partner or school project, for example, but we would actually help them partner better. Mm -hmm. And that would be like win, win, win. So for me, a lot of the time I've spent about one, one to three months of my life, the last nine years in the field in India, it's actually partner and ecosystem building. Yeah. And we've seen that come such a long way. And what's nice, and I think you've seen this, Heather, because mm -hmm. we visited so many projects over the last few days, is yep. the levels of love yeah. and the levels of giving that different partners or organizations come in and it might be they donate a backpack it might be they donate books it might be that they paint walls at a school or whatever but a successful part project i've learned over the years is about levels of love and caring and especially when you can get locals yeah that are running the programs i mean we're, we're basically out of europe in the united states right so we've got a it's all about local implementation partners but getting getting you know the ecosystem is like a big big pie or a big cake that's sliced. Yep. So aligning all these different nonprofits to do their magic because every one of them has their magic and to align it next to yours, what I think you've seen is that the impact is and the sustainability of these programs is really, yeah. really amazing. So you asked me to share a bit about the Bridge Education Schools and you recently visited one. And in all the years I've been involved in education projects, this is the most impactful project I've come across, and I'm super happy that we're involved with it. It's a very special project, and then it goes to slums, and it identifies children that are of the age to be going to school, 6, 8, 10, 12 years old, and they're not going to school. In India, huge country, a lot of different languages, families will move where there's work. And in Bangalore, for example, there's a lot of jobs. So you have a lot of families moving from different places in India, and some of them end up living in slums. Those families will speak the language where they're from, and they will arrive to Bangalore, and how the schooling system works is that government schools are free. However, 
all of the classes will be in the local language of that state or of that area. So the child that moves in with the parents into, let's say, Bangalore and then goes to school will be incapable of learning or studying or communicating because of the language issues. So what a bridge school program is, is going to slums and it's identifying children that should be in school and it's creating a special one-year program for them, free of charge, six days a week, over 11 months, and the entire focus is getting these children to a state like a year later where they could pass an exam and they could enter back into the formal education system. And that would be in their local language where they're now living or in an English medium school. So it's a very impactful project because it's basically taking children that are locked out of an education system and it's getting them back into the education system. And at the same time, we're working a lot with the parents to teach them the value of education because what we're seeing is that a lot of these children are actually working in the slums. A lot of the slums that we're working in are actually garbage sorting centers. So what you're seeing is mom and dad, instead of having them going to school, is having them do low-level sorting plastic types of jobs. So there's a lot of amazing partners in these projects. We're working with Alternatives for Children out of the Netherlands, Bonisha Services Foundation, Samrity Trust, the entire Bangalore Effective Education Task Force Consortium is adding value to try and impact so many of these children's lives. And as I think you've seen, um, these projects are just huge impact. Yeah, sustainability to me is, you know, the, we talked to, it's that quote about, you know, you give somebody a fish, it's great, but you have to teach them how to fish, you know, that's lasting. And I think we've seen, that is really what I've seen is that, you know, Troy's been coming here for such a long time, and um, we got to visit one of your first schools, and you got to see kids from when they were, what, like three? Think, yeah, when we and started with them at three, four, right. five. And, and they're now... In sixth grade, sixth seventh grade. Sixth grade, seventh grade. And seeing, and it's not just, you know, you, you, you were affecting a child's life, but, you know, it's with anything with all of us. You know, we're, we're affected as human beings, as one, as individual, but we are all connected. And so the education and things that you're bringing, it, it goes to the brother and sister, and it goes to the mom and dad, and mom. it goes to the aunt and uncle, and yeah. it goes, will you talk about that? Because that was so, the other thing that was amazing, everybody, was just, Going to school, seeing the kids, seeing an after-school program, and then visiting them, and many of them live in the slums. And you get to you saw these kids in uniforms, and then you see them with their brothers and sisters and their parents in the places and where they live and how they live, and it's uh, it's it takes your breath away. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, you French, you reference the the give a person a fish, and, yeah. and what I say is. People will come to you on the last for a wish, a fish, give them a fish, mm -hmm. and then teach them how to build a fish farm. <laughs> okay, fair so enough. So that's yeah, like yeah, the yeah, how yeah, do you yeah, become yeah. sustainable without right. us. Not that we don't want to be a part of this, but yes. like, let's yes. go with that mentality. Right. But so one of the things I love doing most when we visit uh, our, the projects, and typically these are uh, marginalized, impoverished communities, slums, uh, they can be tent cities, they can be many different types of living environments. Some of them are garbage sorting centers is, um, you know, we've been doing years of work in most of the places that we'll visit. And we go there with, with, with staff that, that live in that slum and with teachers that, you yeah. know, some of the slums that we visit, we've 
we've helped have a hundred or fifty to a hundred thousand meals for kids that live in that slum. So not just the education, but the nutrition. So when you show up in a slum with the teachers, the community mobilizers that live there, and we are almost never there because we don't live here. The love that we receive from the parents, mm-hmm. especially the mothers, yep. because you've been educating and feeding slash babysitting slash everything else, their child for one, two, three, four, five years, and, and for them it's basically free of cost. What I love doing is through the translators, through our staff, is having people like Heather or anyone in our group ask questions to mm-hmm. the children. So how has your child changed? How right. are they different? And the, the thing that I've been consistently here over the years, especially, is around hygiene. Yeah. So it's like, wow, like our child now washes their hands like a lot and like <laughs> tells mom that she, we have to wash everything and like right. brushing the teeth and hygiene. Mm-hmm. And again, some of these are garbage sorting centers that are mud and huts that are tents and there's one to two months of monsoon and rain. Yeah, well, and six to eight to whatever, how many people in one that's like a closet extremely small space with a cracked roof if there's a roof and so uh, getting time and getting access with the parents and even though we don't speak the language we can ask questions through the translators Mm -hmm. is it makes what we do worth it yeah because that Mm -hmm. that understanding and feeling from them is Mm -hmm. is powerful yeah and the education piece of it everyone is you know there's you know there's so many languages spoken in india um but also you know english is one of those, you know, it's a language that helps people level up. It helps them get jobs. It helps them be able to go to university. Break the cycle of poverty. Yes, and breaking the cycle of poverty. So, you know, going to the different schools and then the, where they live, you know, it's like being able to talk to the kids. Like They're learning English, you know, and so the kids are um, uh, able to talk and then translate to their parents if they don't speak English as well. And I think the other piece of it that really is key and this is key i think in any education system but it's also it's it's education and learning a different language but it's food it is nutrition it is like will you say again the number of meals so that everybody gets that because it's you know it's not about here's a book and i'm teaching you to abc cat dog whatever they're getting what two meals a day yeah I mean, every program's different. Right. Okay. Every fair program's enough, different. Enough. No, no, no. Right. But I mean, this was one of the learning curves that we had is we're going to fund new schools. We're going to fund the opening of new schools. Right. And then you realize that these children aren't eating and that there's multiple siblings and that we're going to start giving them a meal, one or two meals mm-hmm. a day. Right. Well, when you have a hundred kids at a school and you're doing two meals a day and you've got school six days a week and you start doing the math, I think about month three, this is like in 2010, I'm like, start saying, you know, hey, we're, we're actually kind of running a massive nutrition program. Yep. And, and a lot of this may not be with ABC or it might be ABC starts it, but then other partners come yeah, in yeah, yeah. And, and our implementation partners are the ones that are actually having the cooks and all that stuff. So what, what we say is you start rolling those numbers over the years and we think in the projects that we've uh, seed funded or funded, at least 450,000 to 500,000 meals have been served and these are kids i mean the mom and dad they're they're not making a ton of money there's a ton of siblings and mm-hmm. and and that becomes a main driver also for the parents to want to send the kids right. to school mm-hmm. and what we'll notice unfortunately is if there's like a week off and these kids are so small anyway if there's a right. little bit of time off for like vacation the kids come back and you you will note a difference in their their weight and their size right yeah. and then also through the partner network you know eye checkups and medical mm-hmm. checkups mm-hmm. not only for the kids in our schools but also oftentimes for the slums i mean 
these things these things are, are are massively important for these children yeah absolutely yeah i i knew what you did but i didn't know what you did so it's been a very enlightening eye-opening thing and i, I you know and, and getting back to um I've watched over the last bit as well of, of I know that you know I've been to the parties and the things that have happened you know that you do and I think you know there's this interesting shift in the world right now of like you have things like Kickstarter and GoFundMe and all of that and so the mm, easier I guess way of sort of you know you can throw a party and go and be local and all of that and network and but I think there's also this really wonderful way you know Facebook has got it you know like I think I've seen you know people and I, I'm going to do it this year ABC for my birthday we're going to do a fundraiser amazing right so beautiful. I'm like let's get get us a library or school yeah so, beautiful yeah you know and and so I think that's been really interesting too and you've seen that shift I think as well right yeah, yeah. you know online fundraising and um, Facebook recently launched a Facebook for nonprofits accreditation and we were accredited and mm-hmm. now it's super easy and extremely integrated with Facebook yeah. that like two weeks before your birthday, Facebook sends you a message and says, do you want to donate to your favorite charity? And, right. and Alphabet Club's in that program and mm-hmm. we've had friends that have just said, including myself and uh, a lot of my friends, and we're in programs now. We just rolled out a new program called Libraries for Schools and we're identifying schools that are for impoverished communities and children and they don't have books. Right. And we've got such a great partner ecosystem and we've got partners that are having arrangements, agreements, contracts with these big schools to run a change management program in the school around right. literacy and reading comprehension. So we've found this win-win-win environment where we've already got a trusted partner in there running change management and part of that's literacy and reading comprehension and they don't have books. Right. And for the price point of around 2,000 US dollars or 1,700 euros, um, we can make an amazing library in the right languages with the right levels with a partner already in there monitoring that it gets implemented correctly and this school giving a great space and giving the kids access to it so at a low price point we can have big impact and we've got seven libraries funded already that will be opening we just opened one you were at kind of the opening last saturday we've got seven six more that are coming by june and we're looking to do you know multiples of that more at scale absolutely yeah that so we we were at an opening of a library and you know you kind of make the assumption you're like oh if there's a school there's a library of course that's not the case you know necessarily what's what's crazy is um a lot of these children back in their home environments, there's not a lot of toys and there's not a lot of other things, right? Sure. Well, and you even know, electricity sometimes to, yes, to read. Yes, right? in space. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. space alone to like right. have no noise and or animals or things around you. And, and, you know, with a Western mind, our heads go to, why aren't you doing tablets and why aren't you doing all these other advanced, amazing things that don't seem so advanced? Because in the West, that they're not. But the reality is for kids that live in a, in a very impoverished environment that they can get a book that teaches them about the outside world mm-hmm. and or their local. I mean, a lot of the books that we're doing will be in their local languages or there'll be a, a, books that are named kids that live in their community. Right, Family right, members. Right. This isn't mm-hmm. like we're going to send them U.S. books to yeah, there. Like, we're not reading To Kill a Mockingbird. No. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's got to be something they can understand, but it yeah. also will teach them about the outside world. Right. And they can dream like, what's an astronaut and what's yeah. this and what's that? Yeah. And like, that's, that's important. Right. I mean, a lot of these kids, the younger ones, maybe they haven't been on an escalator 
Maybe right. they haven't been on an elevator. Right. You know, maybe, you know, probably or maybe they've eaten at a restaurant. I mean, like, yeah. so it's, this is a whole paradigm yes. shift. So you get these kids a book and access, this is a whole, a whole new world. Right. Well, it's like us looking at the time life world map when we were kids, you yeah. know, and going, what is Botswana? Yeah. What is, you know, Kuala Lumpur? Yeah. Those, and the words that sound interesting in your mouth, you know, and I want to go there. Yeah. And it was interesting asking the kids about travel. Like, where do you want to go? And yeah. we got out of uh, one of the schools, we got out a big map and all of us, you know, there was folks, I was from the U.S. and um, we had folks from France and uh, England and Scotland and, you know, and everybody pointing out where they were from. Curacao. Yeah, Curacao, exactly. And so that was really interesting um, to see that. So, yeah, the the libraries, that was interesting. And uh, partners that, you know, paint the walls and and putting in an actual librarian and all of that, you know, it's it. You just it's not just hey, let's put some books over here. There yeah. with anything, there's a lot of thought and care and change management that goes along with it. That I was um, yeah, we've built out a framework yeah that we're we've created and we're co-creating <laughs> with yeah. Yes. This is the new, the big word right? Yes. Frameworks, framework, framework and transformation. The yes. two big words. <laughs> um, so that we're building with our local partners to make sure that you know we're not building we're not doing this our own way but we're doing this collaboratively so that this isn't our framework this is our ecosystems framework and that we can fund x amount of libraries but then other nonprofits can come in and, and take that and, and scale that right. and yeah adapt it and yeah absolutely well t- speaking of transformation i mean this is all of the work that you do that it's transformational i think and you not only have you been here um in india and the other countries for such a long time and, and doing this and but I know that you know we, you and I share um, a passion for Burning Man, being burners, and having done that together, and yeah. been there out on the playa, and then also you know just really working on um, how you show up in the world, how one shows up in the world, and guiding um, others on that. And I know that you've been doing a lot of workshops, and you're building some interesting content. And yeah. and will you share a little bit about that path and journey that you're on as well? Yeah, beautiful. Um... 11 years ago, I was a very different person. I was very much living in my head and just thinking a lot. And Mm. I wasn't um, doing a ton of introspection. And I decided I would do some introspection. And and I asked myself if I was having enough exceptional experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. I did not know what the word transformational meant. But that's what I was really asking. And I said, well, maybe I am and maybe I'm not. Why don't you define what a transformational experience is? And then why don't you run it against your past past, and you can see if you've had a lot of them or any of them or right. whatever. So I came up with the definition of a transformational experience as something that you do or somewhere that you go. Mm-hmm. And typically that's one to ten days long. Sure. And then after you've done that, you have a different paradigm of the world or of yourself. Right. And you have incredible energy. You're like really happy that you did Jazzed. that. You're like, woo, that yeah, was yeah. great. Right. So that was the framework of the kind of my definition. And then I ran it on my past. And in the five years prior, I had only had like one. Mm. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I want this every week, every month. Like, why are you not having more of these? Like, why could that be? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could come up with was maybe it was my conditioning. Mm. Maybe it was the way that, I don't know, my culture, my country, my family, although my family's amazing, my religion, my I don't know what, taught me to see the world. And maybe, just maybe, amazing transformational growth experiences were passing by my face and I was 
not recognizing them. Sure. Or I was saying no to them. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this rule. Yep. It's called the three knocks rule. Mm-hmm. And I implemented this rule. My whole life changed. Um, so the rule is super, super, super simple. Anyone listening can implement this now. It's listen, listen, pay attention. Someone in the next day, week, or month is going to sit in front of you and they're going to say, I just went to this place. We can use Burning Man as an example. Most people now kind of know what Burning Man is. Right. When I started going 10 years ago, it was yes. kind of not yeah. less known. But, yep. <laughs> and I was saying no before because I didn't have this rule in my life. And right. I'll explain that. So um, someone will sit in front of me like, listen, I just went to this place. I went, it's in the desert of Nevada in the United States. And it's the biggest pop-up city. And it's amazing and blah, 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 blah. Okay. And basically, and they're going to say, I see the world differently. And I feel amazing. And I think you should go, Troy. And the old Troy before the rule would be like, wow, that sounds weird or hippie or druggy or whatever judgment. But what really happened there is someone came up to me and gave me an energetic knock of love and growth and expansion on my forehead. Yep. Hello, wake up, bam, knock. <laughs> That's one knock, okay? Right. So now maybe a week later, maybe a month later, I'm somewhere else and someone comes up and be like, Troy, listen. There's a desert in Nevada and people go there for a week and this thing is so next level and there's so much art and creativity and people and, you know, healing and all this other stuff. Like, okay, no judgment. That's knock number two on my forehead. Mm -hmm. So the rule, super simple, is if and when you get to knock number three, you're in. You say yes. Yes or yes. Yes. You're in. And realize, now here's the the key, realize that your monkey mind is probably going to tell you, that sounds weird, that sounds druggy, that sounds hippie, or that sounds religious, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But it's working for your loved ones and your friends. So I implemented that rule. My whole life changed. I started saying yes to a whole bunch of stuff, which was amazing, transformational, weird, religious, <laughs> hippie, and all this. Yeah, yeah, all the, and, all the um, yes. So I was in the middle of a 10-day silent meditation called Vipassana a couple years ago, and it came to me in a meditation that, hey, Troy, didn't you invent this rule to become experiential? Yes. Didn't that massively change your life? Yes. Shouldn't you be sharing that better with others because it will probably change their life also? Yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> yes. So it's Troy, you're writing a book. So yeah. uh, my, my big calling right now in the next months yeah. is to release my first book. And it's that rule, mm-hmm. uh, what I just explained. And then it's 15 experiences on the planet that I said yes to, thanks to the rule, that I offer to my friends, loved ones, and anyone who's reading the book, mm-hmm. that these are knocks on their door that might change their life because I had wished that someone gave me this book 11 years ago. It would have accelerated a lot of growth right. and expansion for me. Yeah. Volunteering in impact, just a lot of different, you know, mm-hmm. sitting with Tony Robbins, sitting with Dalai Lama, sitting with Muju, Muji, traveling the world, um, volunteering in impact, kind of the Alphabet Club story. Yeah, for sure. So, so uh, Troy and I had the same Spanish teacher <laughs> back in... Dr. Samper. Dr. Samper. <laughs> si, senor. Muchas gracias, yes, Dr. Samper. Yes, muchas gracias. Hola. Um, and, well, Troy's way more fluent than I am. I'm still back in classes and everything. But um, do you think, just curious, like, one of the things I talk about a lot is, is about sparks and moments. And we have similar, your knocks are kind of where I feel like recognizing the sparks in your life and really collecting them and understanding them and going, okay, 
was that just a word or a sentence or this or sometimes it's a defining moment like getting married and graduating or whatever the moments have macro and micro moments in our lives and recognizing those and what do you do with them right so sort of a similar vein and curious do you think sort of back in high school when we were in high school was there a spark or a moment that you can sort of pinpoint where somebody said something to you or you heard something and and it's one of your it's it's Probably pre-knock, maybe. Yeah. But, but like, what that first knock, maybe, or that first well, spark. That, that... You know, it's it's um, it's a beautiful question and something I've never thought about. And 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 no, but <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, I'm happy because there's stuff coming to my head. I mean, we grew up in an amazing place. Yeah. Um, amazing, especially to a safe place and, yes. and, and yes. to 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 be nurtured in and, yeah. and be young and grow up. And mm. and my understanding of the planet right now. After traveling the world the last ten years and mm-hmm. volunteering in yep. impact projects is very different than yeah. DuPage County well, yeah, but or Wheaton, yes. Illinois. And I remember we did an exchange program uh, in our psychology class when we were in high school, where we partnered with a local uh, high school in the city center of Chicago. Oh, okay. And I don't recall the exact name of that program, but it was an exchange program where. You know, 60 kids who are seniors in high school will go for one day to their school and you're going to be mm. paired up with someone. Mm-hmm. And then 60 children from their school or right. students will come and do one day with you. Yeah. And I remember that being beautiful and amazing and mm-hmm. a wake-up call about how this planet is different for everyone and the resources yeah. that people are allotted and schooling and education mm-hmm. and like that was one of the first times that I got out of that amazingly nurturing bubble of Wheaton, yeah. which is great to be yeah. 16 and 17 and all that. But then that, wow, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet and yeah. not everything's like Wheaton and or mm-hmm. DuPage County. And yeah. like, so that was, that was expansive for me back in the day. Yeah. I don't think, because we didn't do that. I wonder if that, because you're, well, you were here behind me, but I, yeah, I, we didn't do that program. But I wonder if that, Mr. Fitz. Uh, I Maybe? don't recall. Yeah. I should recall. I can't remember. No, I, can't, I know I should recall too. We're we're, we're pushing on our um, yeah. twenty more exactly. uh, high school it's reunion. Been at least for <laughs> five years <laughs> since we've graduated high school. Yes, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Maybe pre-mobile phones and pre-internet. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you and I both really like Atari. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, I know. Pitfall was one of my favorites, and kaboom. Adventure. Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that, yeah, and and your trajectory after high school, you know, because you and I, we still have friends, you know, that, hello, shout out to all of our Wheaton Central Tigers. Yes. By the way. Go Tigers. Yes, go Tigers. Um, yeah, a ton of love for Wheaton. Yeah. I think our lives just have brought us, and our families have moved, so it's like yes. we don't tap back into Wheaton as much as we would like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My family moved fairly, I mean, my family moved all over the place. I mean, I was the new kid at Edison Middle School and uh, jumped into everybody, you know, at, in eighth grade. And so didn't grow up there and then my family left. Um, but yeah, I think, and for you, it was after, you know, college and then you moved to Madrid. Yeah. You know, the the, the most transformational moment of my life was moving to a foreign country and yeah. I got the opportunity to move to Spain mm-hmm. and to learn Spanish and uh, that was going to be one year and now it's been about 20 years and <laughs> my soul just went on fire uh, living yeah. in a Latin country and mm-hmm. I was so into learning Spanish and traveling Spain and right. then it was Europe and just felt truly alive mm-hmm. 
And then tech happened to me. I got yeah. into tech, different antivirus um, and spam companies, and then I worked at Microsoft globally. And yep. um, and then your life just kind of happens in Europe, and your friends and your business value. And I, I, I'm the type of person that if something's different, like if that wall socket, which it is in India, it's different because they all have an on and off next to the wall socket, as as should be probably everywhere around the world. Um, <laughs> the differences for me, I find fascinating. I'm not right. like mad about them. Like, why is that different? Yeah. So um, I just kind of got hooked into learning new cultures and traveling. Curious. And, yeah. And feeling alive being in those environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know that along so... Gosh, ABC, and you've got um, the book, which is so exciting. And we've been—I remember talking to you about that. Geez, year and a half, two years yeah. ago in London. I yeah. think we were in London, yep. and um, yeah. And I think with that, do you, I feel like there's going to be, you know, with my marketing brain on, you know, that having, you know, things come out of the book, and hopefully seeing you speak other places. And yeah. and you did a, um, I know you did a podcast on the the burning the burner podcast. Tell everybody about that so they can go find that, and we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, as well. So um, made friends with people that do the burner podcast. Yeah, big shout out to you guys. That was life changing. So um, if you type in Troy Swanson and burner b u r n e r podcast. Yep. Um, that was my first podcast, and that was life changing. And yeah. I say life changing uh, for me because I started to get asked to speak at events and conferences and stuff that I didn't know existed, and that mm-hmm. was amazing by meeting new people and not spreading kind of what we're doing. But even more so is that people started sponsoring children, yeah, started sponsoring libraries and donating their birthdays on Facebook. Right. And so what I realized is, is I go out and share what I and we, because this is much more than just an I, like we're yep. a big team at yep. Alphabet Club of mm-hmm. volunteers, um, that, wow, the, the giving and the, the impact that we can have for so many others is, is much greater than just for me. And, yeah. and that, that for me is addictive. It's like, yep. all right, I got to do more of this. We got to do more of this. We got to speak yeah. more. We got to, so this podcast thank you for having me on and just stuff like this yeah. where we share what we're doing and yeah. give people access to different levels and ways of giving that yeah. they want to have in their mm-hmm. life and in their being yeah and perspectives it, trying to we don't get we don't get to see each other very often you know and we we kind of live and breathe with whatsapp voice messages, messages yeah <laughs> and and you know keep up with each other you know, where are you in the world and where are you in the world you know both of us traveling a lot and doing a lot of the this kind of work and speaking and all of that and it's been amazing to just sit and have some time with a friend who is doing this kind of work and inspiring me and helping me level up the conversations i'm having in technology and when I'm talking about diversity women and diversity women and, yeah. and all of that and just the perspective of you know making sure I said hello and shook hands with and namaste to every woman that I could hear and asking them questions about their jobs and their families and all of that and um, just it's beautiful to see you play in developing countries as well because I watch you play so strongly in the U.S. and in mm-hmm. the Microsoft world yeah, and the partner Europe, world yeah. and the marketing world and all these other worlds in Europe, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of need. There's 7.5 billion people on this planet and the yeah. inequality and the diversity issues yeah. and the women stuff yeah. is, is is greater in certain parts of the world. So it's yes. great to see you spending time here and getting this and, mm-hmm. yeah. and being, being a big bright light here as you are there. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, this has been uh, quite quite a trip and I can't wait to come back for sure. Um, so 
let's see. Last question. What's next? Like, what's just the trajectory of sort of the next little bit for you, anyway? Um, because you had all of us here. And, I mean, so yeah. the Alphabet Club world is very constant with me always for yes. thirteen years. So yes. that's it's always there. It's pleasant. And yep. We are funding new libraries, and we're rolling out a framework to massively impact a lot of children in the. It doesn't have to be a $2,000 price point. Yeah, Any yeah. multiple or variable or fraction of that it yeah. means a lot of books for kids in mm-hmm. projects that we're going to fund. Yep. So a lot of that is around our Libraries for Schools program. Yeah. Um, visiting India, February next year. So what you just did here this week, we're going to yep. do that. So if anyone's interested in a deep dive, a couple days, get in touch. Yeah. Um, I think you will vouch for... It is unbelievable, majestic, heart-wrenching... Epic. It is all of the things, you know. Yeah, yeah. and then um, launched my first book. Yep. And around that, a podcast. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really focused on transformational growth. You know, this whole three knocks on your door thing yeah. isn't because I have to write a book. It's because this is what I focused on. Like this is yep. what I love here. I love meeting people and finding out. Well, what yeah. is it that right. sparked? Like you, what is this that, that transformed you? And what would you recommend? So my favorite question. This is a good one for anyone that wants to to play games with their friends. Is like. If you had an 18-year-old brother or sister, you know, what is the one transformational experience that you had in your life mm. that you would most recommend to an 18-year-old brother or sister that you would have? Oh, wow. And um, yeah. it's fascinating because people will tell you what has changed them and what is changing them. And then if you listen, like, you can be doing that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So I love building out a platform where we all share that better. Yes. What's working. Mm-hmm. And um, we ramp that quicker for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be you need to go to some exotic top of the mountain with some Zen master. You can also do that, but it can be stuff, you know, where you're at. And yeah, yeah. So launching the book and then a podcast just around that and, and sharing that better is mm-hmm. definitely, this is my, my year to come. And Yeah. It's a year of content and sharing and spreading the word more and more. That's amazing. Very cool. Well... I just don't get enough time with you. I could talk to you for like another four hours, but you know that would be a pretty long podcast for Mavens. Do it better. <laughs> no, it's beautiful to get time with you and to yeah. get time with you here and yeah. watch you kind of spread your wings and grow more and yeah. be more in the marketing and the tech and the women in the diversity space yeah. and and do this and show up consistently with this yeah. podcast and Thanks. you know all yeah. the love that you're giving so many people. Thank you. Thank you, Troy, and you as well. It's uh, you know, it's always wonderful to see. We were talking about sort of bearing witness, you know, and and get people don't always see you do your thing, you know, work or you know, or some some of your passions. Like you see the see pictures and you see you know things we post on Facebook and social media and stuff, or things you write. And there is something to being with somebody. And you know, my like we were talking about. My parents were you know for a long time. I don't know what you do. Well, I had them come work with me at the past summit. My they were finally like, oh, we get it. You're a producer. I'm like, yeah, this is you know, and that was sort of my old life, but. It is truly amazing to be with somebody and see and under and really get an understanding of what they're doing and why, you know, what's the why, you know, all of yeah. that. So thank you for this. That's beautiful. beautiful. No, I mean, I'm just happy. This is so many people pushing in the same direction, focused on impact, transformation, education, nutrition, yeah. that, you know, now that you're a part of the mix and mm-hmm. anyone listening that wants yeah. to be a part of the mix, I mean, this is a, it's just a beautiful thing that we, we are all a part of. It's, yeah. 
for sure. But thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And and a big I wanted to say a big shout out to all of the folks, partners and volunteers and everyone that we met in in here in India and that took care of us in Bangalore and in Hampi and. I will be talking to each individual and shouting you out on all kinds of social media because you have all been so kind and so generous. And thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart for that. It's just really been unbelievable. So thank you so much. Um, and, uh, you know, if you would like to subscribe, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, uh, we're on the mavensdoitbetter.com website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mavensdoitbetter. B-E-T-T-A. Um, and we are going to make sure and put all of the places that uh, Troy is connected into. And Alphabet Club, um, if you want to learn more about the organization that Troy heads up, it's uh, alphabetclub.org. And it is troyswanson.com. And you can look for him on social media as well. And if you need to connect to him, you can definitely do that through me as well. So, Troy Darling. What a pleasure. Namaste. <laughs> My creative maven, Heather. It is so beautiful to see the light within you. Oh, thank you, honey. Namaste back to you. All right, everybody. Um, here's to another day on this big blue spinning sphere. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.